Yom Atzmat Sameach, and today's shir is, uh, today's daf is daf Dalid. We're going to go from the bottom of Gimel Amud Beis, the very bottom, um, three, of three B. And today's shir is Leilunishmas Brayna Bas Tuvia Zeev Yerachmiel Ben Eliezer and Ben Sion Ben Zeev Avram Halevi. Uh, Mervin, who's it? A uh, refuah shleima for? Shifra Ben. Tzvi Hakoyin Ben Shifra. Uh, may he also have, may he have a complete recovery. Um, so Daf Dalad, we we started, we left off yesterday in the middle of a discussion. Machlokes Rabbi Yochanan and Rosh Lakish. They both learn that the Kohen Godel has to separate and go into a special chamber in the Beis Hamikdash in preparation for Yom Kippur. Their sources were different. Rabbi Yochanan came along and he said the source is um, the source is from the Miluim. We see Aaron had to separate, and the extra word la sos He shall also do this when he comes to a tone. I when he comes to the Yom Kippur avoider, he shall also do this, and therefore we see that he must separate in the future for the Yom Kippur avoider. That's how Rabbi Yochanan is. Rabbi says that can't be. Because we know, and we're only going to answer this question at the end of the daf. But Reish Lokesh asks, says to Rabbi Yochanan, he says, wait. But we know that everything by the miluim was essential. Ah, if you're missing any of those points, if you, if you didn't do anything mentioned by, if Aaron didn't do anything mentioned by the miluim, it would have been invalid. Then we should say the same thing by Yom Kippur. If the Kohen Godel does not separate for seven days, it should be invalid. And we and, and that's not true. It's not invalid if he doesn't separate for seven days. So Reish Lok, so Rabbi Yochanan, before answering the question, he says to him, but wait, then where do you learn it from? How do you know that the Kohen Godel has to separate? So Reish Lokish answered, he said it's from Har Sinai. And this is going to trigger, lead us into a, a wonderful discussion about the, the stages of Matan Torah. But by Har Sinai, Moshe, according to Reish Lokish, he learns that Moshe separated from the Jewish people for six days and uh, and then on the seventh day Hashem called him to come and receive the Torah receive the Luchos so basically according to Reish Lakish what happened is Hashem gave B'nai Yisrael the, the, Hashem told taught B'nai Yisrael the Aseres Hadibros the Ten Commandments and then Moshe went into seclusion in the cloud for six days and then on the seventh day, Hashem called him for uh, uh, Hashem called him to come and receive the actual luchos. So, but again, so he says, "Oh, we see when you're going to meet the shechina, you have to sec- go into seclusion. You have to go. You have to go into. You have to separate and prepare. So, so too, like Moshe did by Har Sinai. So, so too by Yom Kippur when the coin Godel is preparing to go into the Kodesh Hakadoshim." Now the Gemara, so the Gemara asks an obvious question on Reish Lokish. So Reish Lokish says, what do we know about how long was Moshe, according to this opinion, how long was Moshe in the clouds for, uh, in the cloud for? Six days. What did our Mishnah say? How long does the coin Godel have to separate for? Seven. So that's what the Gemara says. Vaho Anan, last line of Gimel Amud Beis. Vaho Anan Tanan. We learned. Vaho Anan Sorry. Vaho Anan Shivatnan, but we learned that he had to separate for seven days. Manisin, so the Gemara answers, Manisin Rabbi Yehuda ben Basairahi. The Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda ben Basairah. Dechayesh le Tumas Beiso, who's 
also concerned about Tumas Beso. What's Tumas Beso? So the concern here, it is a little bit far-fetched, but we're dealing with a high level of, a high concern. So even though it's, it's, a, far, it's a far-fetched concern, the ramifications are, are high. So we're extra careful. That is, if a man has a tashmish with his wife when she, and she turns out that she sees blood, then it's what's called a boil nida. And a woman who sleeps with his husband who's a nida has the same halachas as a nida. She has to count seven days. So if, so we make the Kohen Godel separate from his wife for seven days, according to Yudah ben Becerra, so that there's no chance that he is Tome as a boil nida. So that's the answer. So you're right. We learn the separation of six days. And the reason it's seven days is because of Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra. A lot of a few commentaries ask, but wait. If the reason we're telling him to separate is because of Boel Nida, why do we need the reason of Moshe separated before he went up Harisina? Again, the, the question is, we just said, what's the reason he has to separate for seven days? Because we're concerned he'll be Tome uh, because of Boel Nida. Now, that's a good, is that not a good enough reason in itself? Why did Reish Lokesh even come along and say the reason that he separates is because of Har Sinai? So there are a few answers given. The Ritva, um, the Ritva gives um, one, one, uh, two answers. The one answer the Ritva gives is that if the only concern was Tumas Basel was because of Tashmish, we could just tell him to separate from his wife for seven days. Why do we make him move into a chamber in the Beis Hamikdash? So that's because of Harsinai. And the second answer is, it's not enough of a reason. As I said, it's a very far-fetched concern that he's going to be with his wife, and it turns out that when they had Tashmish, she was a nida. It's, it's quite a far-fetched concern. Therefore, it's not enough of a reason. But once we have the reason of Harsinai for six days, to add on one day because of this concern of boil nida is, uh, is a good option. The... Yeah, and that seems to be similar to how the Tosfos Harosh learns that it's it's a it's the sixth of the ikar and the seventh is a added, con, a, a added level, a added concern. Okay, but either way, what do we see? Reish Lakish is learning it from Har Sinai. He says, "Amalei Rabbi Yochanan, Reish Lakish." Rabbi Yochanan says to Reish Lakish, "Bish leimel ledidi di alfin and mimiluyim haynu detanya." It makes sense according to me that by the that the Kohen Godel by Yom Kippur and the Kohen preparing for the Paraduma has the Mechata sprinkled on him, all the different Mechatas that they had sprinkled on him. Because we found by the Miluyim there was sprinkling on him. I every, Each of the seven days they take from all the different Paraduma Mechatas waters that they have and they sprinkle a bit of those on the coin goddle who's getting ready for Yom Kippur or the coin who's getting ready on each of the seven days. Why would you do that? It makes sense because at the Miluyim there was. It wasn't water, which we're going to see, but they sprinkled on Aaron Dam every day of the seven days of separation. It says, And according to you, who says, who learns it from Sinai, there was no sprinkling on Sinai. Moshe wasn't, didn't have anything sprinkled on him in preparation for going to get the Luchos. 
So Amalei Rabbi Reish Lakish replied, "Ulatamech minaicha b'miluyim dam hachamayim." He says again, still it's not similar. In the miluyim, it was blood sprinkled on Aaron. Here, it's water sprinkled on the coin goddle and the kohen. Says Hala Kasha Rabbi Yochanan says that's not difficult. The Tani Rabbi Chia Nichnasu Mayim Tachas Dam. We find that the water replaced the blood. I even by the Miluim up until the first seven days, Yurati was sprinkled with blood. But as soon as then they got the Poraduma, the Mechatas, they sprinkled him with water. So we see that water replaces dam. So so to you in the later generations, he said that water replaced dam. But according to you, Rachelokish, the question stands. There was no sprinkling. So where do we get that we sprinkled Mechatas on the coin Godel? In preparation for Yom Kippur. So Amalei Male Ba'alma. He answered that it's just a added level. Now we know why would why do we do this Male Ba'alma, this extra stringent level by the Poraduma? So that as we've explained a few times, that we go extreme by the Pora, we do extreme Tahara by the Poraduma to counter the fact that we make sure the Kohen is at full Yom when he burns the when he burns the Paraduma because of the Tzidukim. By Yom Kippur? Well, at the end of the day, it's the holiest day of the year. The Kohen Godel is going to go into the holiest part of the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, that's we want him to be Tahar. Okay, now we're going to bring two Brises, one like Rabbi Yochanan and one like Reish Lakish. It says, There's a price like Rabbi Yochanan and one like Rabbi Reish Lakish. First, we bring the one Tanya Kavaiset Rabbi Yochanan. The price in line with Rabbi Yochanan. It says, With this, Aaron will enter the base Hamigdash. What's Bezois? What's with this? It says, What is said in another matter? What's this other matter? Regarding the Miluyim. Ma omur, ma inya, ma omur be inya de miluim arum pire shiva ve shimish yom echod, umoishe mosar loi kol shiva kadelachancho ba avoida, just as it says by the miluim that Aaron separated for seven days. And then he served one day in the base of Migdash, on the first of Nisan, the day of the miluim. And Moshe taught him. Um, and guarded and trained him and taught him in the avoider all seven days. I Moshe taught, that's what he did in those seven days. He learned how to do the avoider. Says Vaafladora. So therefore, in all future generations, Kohen Gadol Pore Shiva Mashamesh, the Kohen Gadol separates for seven days, and then in Mashamesh Yom Echon, and then he does the temple service for one day, the Yom Kippur service. Now we add in a fact of Eshnei Tamidei Chachomim Mitamidov Shel Moshe. Two Tamidei Chachomim who are the students of Moshe. What does it mean the students of Moshe? To exclude Tzidukim. Mary, I think, um, well, yeah, let's go. Moshe in Loi, Kol Shiva, Kedai Lachancho, Bavoida, would hand it over, were responsible to teach him and guard him in the Avoida, to teach him the Avoida over those seven days. So let's just analyze this line of this statement. So just the story is as follows. Just as by the Miluyim, Aaron was separated and Moshe taught him that voida so to in the, for the Miluyim so to in the future the Kohen Godel in all generations will be separated and taught the Miluyim and in those seven days taught the Miluyim and we said two Talmidim of Talmidov Shal Moshe I was thinking why do we say someone who's a Talmud of Moshe excludes from the Tzidukim because remember that's where we know the Torah Shabal Peh from 
Moshe came and told it to us. The written Torah, you're right, Moshe gave it to us, but I guess you don't really need Moshe for the written Torah. You can go read it yourself. But for the Torah Shabal Peh, that's essential that we tra- trace our tradition back to Moshe. So that's the Tamidov Moshe. Why do you need two of them? So the Tosfos Harosh says you need two Tamidei Chachomim. So that if it turns out this Kohen Godel is a Tziduki, he can't come along and say, you know, I accept... Oh, you know, one of certain parts of the Avoida, the, the Tzidukim argued in how it should be done. We see, interesting enough, in our minds, it's like a far-fetched thing, but at the time of the Second Temple, the Tzidukim were a very powerful... It seems like they were quite powerful and a large sect, a, a very large sect of Jews, and they often infiltrated the Temple service, etc. I, a Kohen, would, turn out, would do an Avoida, and it turns out that he's a Tziduki. So that's why we had to have all these precautions. Um, but they said that the Kohen Godel puts the incense on the coals before he goes into the Kodesh Shakroshim, whereas Chazal learned from, I guess, Moshe Rabbeinu, that no, he goes, takes the coals into the Kodesh Shakroshim and then puts the incense on the coals in the Kodesh Shakroshim. Now what happens if the Kohen comes along and says, oh, it was a mistake, I didn't know. So will we have two Tamidei Chachomim who can testify against him that he's obviously a Tzuduki um, and, he, and we taught him how to do it and he didn't do it right. So you need two Tamidei Chachomim as, uh, as testimony. So they taught him that word. He says, From here they said, And this is where they got that for seven days before Yom Kippur you separate the Kohen Godol and take him to the Lishkas Parhedrin. And just as you separate the Kohen Godel from his house to the Lishkas Parhedron, sorry, just, I read the wrong line. Just as you separate the Kohen Godel, you also separate the Kohen who burns Esapora, the Paraduma, to the Lishka on the temp to this chamber on the temple which is in the northeast. And each of these you'd sprinkle on them for all seven days from all the different Paraduma waters that they had. And if you'll come along and say, Well, by the Miluim it was dam and here it was water, so why do you bother the sprinkling? The water replaced the blood, even by Aaron. At first he was sprinkled with dam, and then on the second, if I remember correctly, on the second of Nisan, they changed it to water. And further, It says that Hashem commanded you to do this just as you do on this day, Hashem commanded you to do for your atonement. Now, last, I'm going to leave out a few words here to make it fit with Rabbi Yochanan better. Lasos l'chaper elumasi yom ha-kippurim. To do and to atone, this refers to yom ha-kippurim. Ah, v'hom b'zois mi le-gufa. Now, we started off this whole teaching. We said, um, um, we said, how do we know in Yom Kippur that he separates himself? Because it says, Bezos with this Aaron will come. And we translate with this, with the separation. I have to separate first, and then he can go do the avoida. She says, Oh, my high, Bezos me boil a gufa. 
He says, we need this bazos to teach us what the Pasuk is speaking out, that the Kohen Goro will bring a korban of a bull as a chattis and an ayol as an oila. So Omri they answered, Ila korban My bazos, if it was just to teach regarding the Kohen Godel's korban of Yom Kippur, the Pasuk could have just said, Beze or Ba'ele. Why does it use the phrase Bezos? Shmas Tarti. We learn both drushes from here. One is the simple reading of the Pasuk that Aaron will come into the holy with his bull and his ram. And the second drush is Bezos with having been separated for seven days. Why did we bring a second source? So we started off the Brisa with the first source that Aaron has to separate is from this word we just quoted. With this, I, with the separation, he must go into the Holy of Holies. And then at the end we brought another pasuk that says by the that we said by the Miruim it says, why do we need the second pasuk? You might say only the first Yom Kippur did we need the separation just as by the Miluyim. Remember the Miluyim were a once-off event, an inauguration. So just maybe, just you're right, by Yom Kippur you need separation, but for the once-off, the first Yom Kippur ever. But all other Yom Kippurims, you might not need the separation. Inami, or alternatively, Kohen Godel Kamahu, the boy Prisha. Maybe it was only Aaron, the first Kohen Godel, who required Prisha, like by the Miluim, which was specifically Aaron. But all future Kohen Hanim Gedolim would not need to be separated. Toshma, therefore there's another pasuk to say kasher oso v'chulu that just as it was done by the miluyim so to all other kohanim gedolim so we need, the first pasuk tell, kind of tells us this concept of separation and you might have limited the concept of separation only to Aaron HaKohen or the first Yom Kippur ever, comes along and adds another pasuk to say it applies to all future generations so in short, this again, this fits in very well with Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan came along and said this price, I mean this price is a Proof for Rabbi Yochanan, in line with Rabbi Yochanan. This price teaches where, why did, where do we know that Aaron, that the Kohen Godel must separate for seven days before Yom Kippur, and also the, um, so that is from the Miluyim, and that's how we, what we just explained in this price. Not only that, we learned um, the halacha just as Aaron was taught all the halachas of how to do the voida in the, during those seven days of separation. So to the Kohen Godel is taught all the halachas and how to do the avoida in those seven days of Miluyim. Some, you know, besides for he had to be really on his toes because remember he had, the Kohen Godel had to do all his avoida. It was quite complex. Like for example, he had to do most of the shechita and then grab the bowl to catch the blood while another Kohen finished the shechita and he had to go he had to get the order out. It starts with the morning Tomid and then the Musa and then the Yom Kippur and he's changing his clothes. It's a complex avoider. Some of the actual avoiders were extremely extra, were known as extra complex, some of the most difficult tasks in the Beis Amikdash. So, um, so that's why he needed to train for seven days for this event for Yom Kippur. Um, interestingly enough, remember Rabbi Yochanan doesn't learn the Kohen separating for seven days from the Paraduma. So when we say here that Kashem Shemafrishin Kohen Godol Kach Mafrishin Kohen Asorev, just as we separate the Kohen Godol for Yom Kippur, so too we separate the Kohen Asorev, 
you have to learn that this is just the male ba'alma, but it's 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 a mitzvah, let's say a mitzvah drabonin for the coin who's going to do that paraduma, but it's it's based on this concept. It's not it's not learned out from this pasuk, but it's based on this concept. Okay, so that's Rabbi Yochanan. And now, remember, Reish Lokesh told us a totally different source. Reish Lokesh says it's not from the Miluim. Reish Lokesh says it's from the six days that Moshe was covered in the clouds. So he says, Tanya Kavai said Reish Lokesh. There's a price in line with Reish Lokesh. It says, Moshe Olo Ba'anan. Moshe went up into the cloud. And he was covered by the cloud. And he was sanctified by the cloud. So that he could receive the Torah, I receive the Luchos in holiness. Shinemar, as the Pothuk says, The glory of Hashem rested on Har Sinai. What's the, um, what happened is as follows. It's now going to relate to us the, um, the uh, order of events at Matan Torah says, After the Aseres Hadibros, which was at the beginning of the 40 days, that's the opinion of Rabbi Yosi Haglili. Now, this is the part that lines up with Reish Lokish, so let's just um, say it clearly. Basically, yeah, we're going to bring this Pasuk and we're going to analyze it. So I'll just read the Pasuk and try to get it as clear as possible. But it says, The glory of Hashem rested on Har Sinai. We're going to have a debate, when is this that the glory of Hashem rested on Har Sinai? And the cloud covered for six days. Now it could be read as, The cloud covered him, I Moshe. Or it could be read as, that the cloud covered him, Moshe, for seven days. And he called to Moshe on the seventh day from the cloud. Now, Rabbi Yossi Haglili reads the Pasuk as follows. He says, and this is, I mean, we'll elaborate on it, but it says, um, he, he says as follows, The glory of Hashem rested on Har Sinai. What's the, follow, what's the order of events? After the Aseris Hadibros. The Aseris Hadibros were on what we would call Shavuos, which as we'll see is the Machloikes. Was it on the 6th of Sivan or the 7th of Sivan? Um, so after the Sixth of Sivan was the Aseris Hadibros, Shahoyot Tchilila Arboim, which was the start of the 40 days. So, this whole Pasuk is talking about um, the glory of Hashem resting on Har Sinai when, the, when they were told the Aseris Hadibros and Moshe going into the cloud for six days. That's Rabbi Yossi Aglili, which is a support for Reish Lokish's way of learning because Reish Lokish learned that Moshe was secluded in the cloud. For six days. And that's where we learn. Oh, if you're going to go into the presence of the Shekhinah, you have to separate for six days. Remember this. So that's what Rishlo says. Oh, the Kohen Godel is going to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies. It's the only time in the year that he would, that the avoided that the Kohen Godel, that anyone, but the Kohen Godel wants the holiest person on the holiest day of the year. Where only then he could go into the Holy of Holies. So he had to prepare for the meeting the Shekhinah like Moshe did. 
by secluding himself for six days. So that's that way of reading the Pasuk. Rabbi Akiva, Oymer Rabbi Akiva says, May Yishkon Kvod Hashem, May Rosh Chodesh, May Yechaseyu Ha'anan. Lahar. It says the glory of Hashem dwelt on the mountain. That was Rosh Chodesh. That was the beginning of Sivan. Rosh Chodesh Sivan when they arrived at the mountain. And the mountain covered Lahar. The, sorry, the cloud covered the mountain. It didn't cover Moshe, it covered the mountain. But Yikrael Moshe, and it called, and he called, Hashem called to Moshe, that's Moshe, Vachal Yisrael, Oimdim. Moshe and all of Bnei Israel were standing at the mountain to receive the Aseris Hadibros, the Ten Commandments. Beloba, Kosov, covered Moshe. Oh, well, if that's the case, the Pasuk says, Vachal Moshe, he called to Moshe. Rabbi Akiva's just explained it means. He told Moshe and Bnei Yisrael that Aseris Hadibros. Well, then why does it use just say Moshe? It should say by Yikroel Bnei Yisrael. So he says, So why does it do that? Lachale covered Moshe to give honor to Moshe. I, when we mention um, Moshe, we're not going to mention the rest of Bnei Yisrael. So that's the second way of learning. We can read that pasuk totally differently. Um, now we're going to have two more opinions exactly why Moshe was secluded, but they're actually based on the first reading of the Pasuk, that the cloud rested on, the, on Moshe for, seven, for six days after receiving the Aseris Hadibros. So Rabbi Nason, I'm Rabbi Nason, says, No, the reason that Moshe had to go to stay there in the cloud for six days was to empty out his stomach from all food so that he was like an angel. It says Rabbi Masia ben Chorosh, Omer Masia ben Chorosh says, No, Loba Akosov Elela, I am Olof, Kadesh take Torah Nisnas, but aim of Yira. The reason that Moshe had to seclude was to get in the right frame of mind, of fear and awe. Beretes of with trembling and shaking. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, Ivdu es Hashem be Yira vegilu berodo. Serve Hashem with or and rejoice in trembling. He says, My Vagilu Barado, what does it mean rejoice in your trembling? He says, Omar Abarabar Master, Omarav, but Mokom Gila Shamtahira Oda. Where there is Gila, this rejoicing, where's the rejoicing? I'll come to that soon. That's where you need this trepidation. Rashi explains what do we mean by where there is rejoicing? So we know that the Torah tells us a Pakuri Hashem Yashari Masam Khalaif, the Laws of Hashem, learning Torah, gladdens the heart. So B'nai Israel had just received the Ten Commandments, just learned and received Torah, so they were in a very joyous spirit. That's, you need that joy and you need that, um, injo- that uh, simcha when you're coming to learn. However, you also have to temper it with all. Moshe was going up Har Sinai to speak to Hashem to receive the, the luchos and the rest of the Torah. He had to approach it with awe and trembling. So that's what this is. Begilo Beridor, his rejoicement must also be tempered with trembling. Um, yeah, so just back to reading this Pasuk. I'll read the Pasuk first. So there's, there's a few events that we have to keep in mind. The first event is B'nai Yisrael arrived at Har Sinai on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Okay, we're, that's what we're counting up to. So we're one month away, Rosh Chodesh Sivan. That's when B'nai Yisrael arrived at Har Sinai. Then on the 6th or the 7th of Sivan, we'll see they, Hashem told them, the Aseris Hadibros, the Ten Commandments. Then Moshe went up the mountain 
to receive the Luchos and the rest of the Torah. That's the order of events. Now, depending on how you understand all, you know, the exact reading of this Pasuk, will be determined how you interpret this verse. Let's first, let me first read the Pasuk according to Rebbe Yoisi, which is the support for Eish Lakish. So the Pasuk says as follows, Vayishkon for Hashem al-Har, al-Har Sinai. The glory of Hashem rested on Har Sinai. He says that's referring to the actual reading of Aseris Adibros. So that's not the beginning of Rosh Chodesh Sivan when they arrived at the mountain. It's six to seven days in. And the cloud covered Moshe after that. After Bnei Israel got the Aseris Adibros, the cloud covered Moshe for six days. And then Moshe he called to Moshe on the seventh day, from the cloud. So that's how Rabbi Yossi reads the Pasuk. And that's where we see the isolation of Moshe before he went to receive the Torah. Rabbi Akiva, how does he read the Pasuk? So he reads it as follows. The glory of Hashem rested on the mountain. That is at Rosh Chodesh Sivan when they arrived at Har Sinai. And the cloud covered the mountain. Sheishes Yomim for six days. And then, Vayikra El Moshe Biyomashvi, he called to Moshe to call Moshe and Bnei Israel to tell them the Ten Commandments. Vitoifanon from the cloud. What are they arguing in? Where do they see? Where do they see to read the Pasuk differently? Again, Rabbi Kiva reads the Pasuk as with the cloud rested on the mountain from Rosh Chodesh Sivan, from when they arrived at Har Sinai. And Rabbi Yossi reads it, no, it's the cloud resting on Moshe, but only from the Aseris Adibros. So he says, Rabbi Yossi Aglili Rabbi Akiva. Sorry, but my Kamifligi Rabbi Yossi Aglili Oh, sorry, what are Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Akiva arguing in? So he says, "Beplug said the Hani Tnai with the following machlokes: the Tanya b'shisha b'chodesh nisn Torah. The one opinion says that Aseris Atibros were given on the sixth of the month. The Torah Yisrael, Rabbi Yosi, Omer b'shiva ba, and Rabbi Yosi says no, it was the seventh of the month. Mand Omer b'shisha b'shisha nosno b'shiva Allah. According to the opinion that it was given on the sixth of the month, on the sixth of the month of Sivan, the Torah was given." And on the seventh of the month, Moshe went up the mountain to receive the Luchos. Manda Omar Beshiva, Beshiva Nisna, on the seventh day of Sivan, the Luchos were given to Moshe. And on the seventh day, he went up. As it's written, Hashem called to Moshe on the seventh day. So again, this is this is the machlokes that I mentioned. It's based. It's all based on this. Which day was it? The sixth or the seventh that the Torah was given will determine how you read the psukim. Rabbi Yosiak Lili Rabbi Lili holds like the first opinion to Amar B'shisha B'chodesh Nisna Torah that the Torah was given on the sixth of the month. Hilkach therefore Zehoyamai said this is what happened. This is the order of events. Achar Haseres Adibros after the ten commandments were given to the Jews. The glory of Hashem, after the Aseris Hadibros, the glory of Hashem went on the mountain and it and the cloud for six days covered Moshe. And he called to Moshe on the seventh day to receive the rest of the Torah.
primarily the Luchos. If you're going to tell me that Rosh, that the glory of Hashem rested on Rosh Chodesh, and the, and the clouds covered the mountain, and on the seventh day he called to Moshe, you're telling me that's referring to Aseris Hadibros. Moshe already received it on the sixth. And most likely, if you're learning that the cloud came before B'nai Israel received the Ten Commandments, well then after the Ten Commandments, the cloud would have left. So how could the Pathuk say that he, Hashem called to Moshe, from, amongst, from amidst the cloud? So that's our Rabbi Yossi again. He's saying, if, so, so okay, interesting enough, what's the starting point in how you learn the Seder of events? It was Matan Torah on the 6th of Sivan or the 7th of Sivan. And Shlaki says it was the 6th on Sivan. Once you said the 6th of seven, Sivan, you can't really come along and say that Moshe called, that Hashem called to Moshe from the cloud on the 7th. Because the Torah was already given, the Ten Commandments were already given, and the clouds had most likely already departed. So you end up with, with that way of learning. That, no, actually, how do you read the Pasuk? On the 7th day, when they received the Ten Commandments. On the 6th of Sivan, they received the Ten Commandments. And then the cloud covered Moshe for six days. And on the 7th, the, the cloud covered Moshe for six days. And then on the 7th, Hashem called him to come up the mountain. Okay, Rabbi Akiva, Savalok, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Akiva holds like Rabbi Yossi, Omar, who said, Beshiva, Bechodesh, Nisna, Torah, the Torah, the Yisrael, the Torah, the Ten Commandments were given to Bnei Yisrael on the 7th of Sivan. Bishlam, Rabbi Akiva, Hainu, Demishkach, Aslo, no, yeah. Okay. Now we know what happened with Moshe. So what happened when Moshe went up the mountain? So now he went up for 40 days. And he came down, the Jews expected him down on the 16th of Tammuz. He didn't come down. And they built the Eidel Azov. And on the 17th of Tammuz, that's why it's a fast day, 17th of Tammuz. One of the reasons. Moshe came down from Harsina and he broke the Luchos. So now we're going to see how that calculation fits in with these two approaches of the order of events. So according to Rabbi Akiva, it makes sense. That on the 17th of Tammuz, the Luchos were broken. And now we're going to see the calculation. Esrin va'arba, the Sivan, 24 days in Sivan, because it's 30, um, 30 minus 6. Gives you 24, so that's the 24 days of Sivan. Because remember, on the seventh day was when the Torah was given a much more time. The Shitzar the Tammuz and 16 days in Tammuz. Maluluhu Arbo in Yomim, that was the 40 days. The Havi Bahar, when he was on the mountain. Over Shivas of the Tammuz and on the 17th of Tammuz, Nochis, he went down. The Asa of the Tavrin Luchas and then he broke the Luchas. So that calculation works out very well. Again, according to Bikiva, the Torah was given on the 7th. Moshe went up. On the 16th of Tammuz, he had been up the mountain for 40 days. But remember, he had to be up the mountain for 40 full days. So on the 17th of Tammuz, he came down and broke the Luchot. What about he says there were six days of separation before Moshe went to receive the Luchot? So there were the six days of separation. So we're talking from the sixth of Sivan. There were six days of preparation. And only, so where does that get us to? 
So from the sixth and on the seventh, he was, so on the sixth days, Moshe was separated. And then on the seventh, Hashem called him to go up the mountain. But that's already seven days from receiving the Aseris Adibros. They received the Aseris Adibros, according to this opinion, on the sixth of the month. So six plus seven is thirteenth. So now we're up to the thirteenth of Sivan. So it says, the Omar Shisha, the Prisha, the Arbim, the Har. At Esrin Vetlas Betamuz on the 23rd of Tammuz, Loi Itbar Luchos. It would have been till the 23rd of Tammuz that the Luchos wouldn't have been broken. Because again, you have to move everything a few days later. Let's just get this clear. Contrary to Yosia Glili on the 6th of Sivan. The Torah was given, uh, the Luch, the Aseris Atibras were told to Ben Israel. Then Moshe went into seclusion and then Hashem called him to go up the mountain seven days later. So we're now on the 13th of Sivan. And if you're going to count 40 days from the 13th of Sivan, you're going to end up sometime around the 23rd of Tammuz. Now again, we know that the Luchos were broken on the 17th of Tammuz, so this calculation doesn't work. So, No, those 40 days of being up the mountain included the six days of Prisha. I so both agree on the 7th of Sivan, the days of separation. Um, that's when you start counting the 40 days. Okay, Omar Marva Yikrael Moshe. We mentioned that we said Hashem called to Moshe. Moshe v'kol Yisrael oimdim that Moshe and the whole of Israel were standing to receive the Luchos. Messiah lo l'Rebi Yilosa. To Omar Rebi Yilosa v'yikrael Moshe. Moshe v'kol Yisrael oimdim v'lo ba'akos of Ela l'chalik lo kovod l'Moshe. This repeats what we said at the top of the page. But basically um, this fits in. This is again Rebi Akiva's way of learning. That Hashem called to Moshe on the seventh of the month, seventh of Sivan, to give them Aseris Adibros, and really it was referring to Moshe and Ben Israel. It just only mentions Moshe because out of covered, out of honor to him. Um, Yeah, interesting. We find a similar concept in the Gemara. There are few times where it's clearly discussing a court case and it only mentions Rava. Or it will be discussing a court case and it only mentions Rav, etc. So how does that work? So well, it's obviously there was a based in with Rava and two other judges, etc. But this is a Tosfos um, in Babasra. But it doesn't mention all the others out of honor for the primary, the Godolador. So that's, uh, that would be the same thing here. When it's dis- granted it was to Moshe and Bnei Shol, it's only going to mention Moshe. Now the next question is based on, it says, um, this is actually by the Hashem speaking to Moshe by the Mishkan from the thing, but it, it uses, it, could, it should have used, and Moshe heard the voice of Hashem speaking to him, it should have used the words law to him, which is not as specific. Instead, it uses the word, he heard the voice of Hashem speaking to a love. A love instead of law, which is much stronger. So the Gomorrah makes a drosh on that. It says, Macy, they, they challenge us. Kol law, kol a love. The apostle could have said, kol lost. The voice of Hashem speaking to law. But it uses the voice of kol a love. The voice speaking a love. It says, what does that teach us? Moshe Shama, the kol Yisrael lo Shama. That Moshe heard the voice of Hashem and not B'nai Yisrael. So when this apostle comes along and it says, Vayikra el Moshe, he called to Moshe, it can't be that he called to Moshe and Bnei Yisrael. 
Because when it says he called to Moshe, it's specifically only Moshe heard Hashem. It says, no, there's a difference. On Har Sinai, when it says he called to Moshe, it means he called to Moshe and the whole of Israel heard as well. By the Ohel Moed, by the Mishkan, when it says Hashem called to Moshe, that's limited to that. Alternatively, you can say it's not difficult. Here is with um, when it uses the word Kriya, called maybe from a more similar to the language connotations of almost shouted that would imply to the whole of B'nai Yisrael and Hobbit Dibur when it says Dibur speak then he spoke to Moshe and only Moshe could hear Rabbi Zreika Rami Kroy Rabbi Zreika raised the contradiction of two Psukin Kaime de Rabbi Lazar for Omri Lo Rabbi Zreika some say it wasn't Rabbi Zreika asking the contradiction to Rabbi Lazar, but it was rather Rabbi Zreika saying that Rabbi Lazar, Ramiksiv, Rabbi Lazar raised the contradiction of the following psukim. He says, Moshe was not able to enter the oil moid, the Mishkan, because the cloud was hovering over it. And it's written by Matan Torah, Moshe came into the cloud. I was, was Moshe able to go into the cloud, this cloud of glory? Or not. By the Mishkan it says he was not able to. And by Harasina it went in. So he says, It teaches us that Hashem took Moshe and he pulled him into the cloud. I naturally, it was, it was supernatural. Naturally Moshe would not have been able to enter this cloud of glory. Guess the level of Kedusha, the presence of Hashem was too great. But Hashem pulled him in. It says here that he went besoich. Hashem called to him from the midst of the cloud. I think that's what it's referring to. And it says, It says, no, just as there, when it says, B'nai Yisrael walked, it means they walked on a path between the water. So to here, he walked on a path between the cloud. Let's go a little bit further. Hashem called to Moshe and then he spoke. I, the, the Torah often refers to it, it says Hashem spoke to Moshe and then Moshe went and spoke. It says, why does it David Lama Hikdim Kriya Le Dibur? Why does it say why does it say Hikriya before Dibur? Lime Torah Derech Eretz. The Torah is teaching you etiquette. You should not say something to your friend unless he has called you. Uh, you first call say hi, I'd like to speak to you, and then you talk to him. You don't just jump in. And unless you call him. Now we go on to the word Laimor. What does it mean? Hashem called to Moshe Laimor to say. Says, so Omar this is a very important halacha. Omar Rebi So Rebbe Manasseh, the grandson of Rebbe Manasseh, um, the grandson of Rebbe Manasseh, it seems said in the name of Rebbe Manasseh the Great. How do we know that if you say something to your friend, you tell something to someone else, he's not allowed to, he's not allowed to go and repeat it. If someone told you something, you, you've got to accept it in confidence and you're not allowed to. Unless he tells you, you can repeat it. Shenemar, as it says, Hashem spoke to Moshe from the cloud, saying, um, again, very important halacha, that if someone tells you something, 
especially if they tell it to you in confidentiality or they tell you it's a secret, we learn from here. I don't know if it's a true isur, but it's also to go and repeat it. And the Chobetz Chaim learns it as part of in part of the category of Loshon Hora. To go and repeat. If someone tells you something in confidence, you're not allowed to repeat it to someone else unless they give you permission to. So that's an interesting, important halacha. And we'll leave it there and we'll carry on with the finish of the discussion tomorrow.